Good. So we are back in episode 55 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast and we're delighted to be joined today by uh, CEO of Hate Brand, two-time Highland Games world champion, Matt Vincent. So Matt, thank you very much for joining us. How's it going, Mois? Happy, happy to be on, man. Uh, I, I really, really enjoy podcasting more than I do just close to any of the other forms of whatever this thing is we all have to do for a living. Fuck yeah. It's uh yeah it's it's big. it's quite funny. Me and me and Ali have said uh, you know a few times we've had little breaks and you you have to you know you've got somebody booked in and we kind of go fuck man get a little bit nervous again about speaking and uh, I've got you know I've got shit to do and I really have to do this and then you speak to somebody and you go this is the fucking most fun oh so for sure fun. right so much fun it's every such time. a ridiculous yeah. thing to do and I, I I've loved getting to do it um it is it's really funny though that like how how the nerves work with it. Because no matter what, like, it's that first first fifteen minutes to get through. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like I keep checking the clock that first fifteen, and I'm like, holy shit, how has it only been eight minutes? I feel like we've yeah. already covered everything. <laughs> you... And then two hours in, it's still fine. Do you find Do you find if it's somebody you don't um you don't know um like I just watched the your last one. I was in my sauna and I was watching. Uh, you were talking to was it Nikki? boy. <laughs> uh, well actually what was funny was i was this is fucking quite funny i was actually watching it and i was watching uh yeah, and i came up with your video of your home gym for like a year ago oh yeah like, yeah show you yeah, what yeah, doing. it's yeah, like uh, i was yeah. Sit, yeah i was sitting in my sauna and you were saying yeah it's really important to have a sauna i was like just fucking do yeah, something man. right i don't do the workouts properly but i fucking got a sauna um, oh man the sauna is a great purchase yeah man I, i've oh, been very oh. very stoked on having one i even have the personal one that i've still got like at uh bonnie and i's house but then I, i've just bought a three-man one up here for the for the new studio and everything yeah or whatever uh, this place is i'm building well that's that that was going to be my opening question to you um my, my opening point to talk about uh, you know the, the the most important thing happening in america right now um the thing that's going to help millions of people but not that not that president i was talking about your gym and studio Yes, yes, millions of people from my private studio. I won't allow the public to come train at. But yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that it's something I've always wanted to make and have, but it just wasn't the right time, right situation, and afford it. Um, and so, as things have continued to grow, this year really has felt kind of like time to uh, make sure it's a fuck yeah. And um, I found a building. You know, it's one of those things. It's like. I don't know if I'm ready to do this. Maybe let's just see what buildings are available. It's like, let's just move down the road toward whatever this goal is and figure out when we run into a roadblock. And if we do, then we'll just stop. Mm. And I haven't found one yet. So now we're here. <laughs> it's quite funny because, it, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be involved in uh, a couple of um, businesses. And, um, you know, I, we just took one over. Um, you know with some family we just took another business over in october and we'd been thinking about it for a while and talking and shit and you always try and find the perfect time to do that shit and then ultimately there is no fucking perfect time is no, make, it's... It happen. make it happen if you have the passion to make it work make it work put everything into it and, and fucking crack on because there is no there is no perfect time just jump i think i think that right there what you said is one of the biggest points and it's something that i've really taken some time to learn about myself is that 
I need to give myself enough freedom so that when obsession wants to roll around, I, I can do it. I can mm -hmm. decide, Oh fuck. Yeah. And I'm going to be fully into this because in the past, like if it's something that comes around that I'm kind of interested in, but it's not obsession. And then I, I pick it as a side business or something like this. I'm going to pursue. I just half-ass it into the ground because it, it's not, yeah. I don't genuinely give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. You got and to so, care about your stuff to make it yeah, work. Right? For, for me to care, it's got to be something I'm fully obsessed about. And anything less than that, like I may as well not lie to myself and pretend that business will work. Yeah. 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 How long have you been um, doing your podcast for? It's a podcast. Um, I'm 160 or so episode, 160 interviews in. And then there's been a bunch that we've done like Q and A's or, yeah, yeah. you know, Bonnie and I get on and talk about a recent trip we did, or, you know, a bunch of episodes we did uh, post like ayahuasca journey Stuff like that that's that's more, you know, explanation or maybe even just a shorter 30-minute episode instead of, uh, you know, but I've done a, every week has been an, an interview, and I don't think we've missed any. Yeah. No. So, just, because, just, just because you mentioned that, let's talk about that fucking ayahuasca journey. Whew. It's, uh, <laughs> it's something, man. E either of you guys have any experience with uh, plant medicine? No. 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 Uh Smoke weed, uh, no uh, mushrooms, yeah. no acid, no. When I've been in um, uh, Amsterdam for jiu-jitsu competitions the last couple of years, and and inevitably you go out afterwards and you know have a little have a little smoke because yeah, that's what course. you do. But I don't, I, I've never been. I, I don't know about Ali, but I've never been interested in drugs in the slightest. But like DMT or something like that, or ayahuasca, something that you would go, fuck man, I I do like the sound of it. Well, yeah. so here's, here's kind of where I've landed on it, and it's. It's, it, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done using the term drugs other than I, I'm done using the term drugs, explaining it to people. It's just chemicals and whether or not I like the way they react with my body or not. Right. Yeah. They don't have an opinion. I think the word drugs has a negative connotation to most people. I, I don't use it that way. I don't mind saying that I'm doing drugs, but caffeine's a fucking drug. Right. So yep. anything that I'm trying to take that perhaps can enhance my performance i'm into and so whether that's cannabis or whether that's going to be um mushrooms or anything else it's been great um and that's that's really the interest i have in them is performance enhancement mm. um but ayahuasca being being a big, a, a big self-discovery trip, um, you know, other, uh, you know, drugs like cocaine or your fucking, uh, stuff like that, like the, the highly addictive ones that tend to just lean into the ego. And mm -hmm. I see why people want to feel that way all the time. And then it becomes a problem, man. If someone was willing to try to abuse ayahuasca, I don't think that chemical plays well with someone trying to do that. It's not, it's not a friendly experience per se. It can be very beneficial, but it's work. I mean, the ayahuasca thing is essentially what feels like out of the post side of it is it's years of therapy that you just knock out in a night. Hmm. Um, to give you an example. So we went to Costa Rica and had four nights of it that we did, uh, in a row, um, which is a lot. I would prefer to not do four nights in a row again um but we'll see the next time i'm called to it um 
So the first two nights, I really didn't get anything. Nothing at all happened. No visuals, no real feeling, just kind of hung out. Um, the third night, it kicked in and kicked in like right as fireworks were going off at New Year's. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. And I really, honestly, I didn't get a whole lot of visual. Um, not uh, externally visual. I mean, it's whatever you're thinking of becomes very, very vivid and it definitely feels there. But you're, okay. you're, you know where you are. You know, like, I, I never ever have felt out of control per se. Um, but yeah, so like the three big things that three or four big things that came up, uh, that night for me, one was, um, I very quickly and efficiently kind of sorted through the end of my previous marriage, um, and through where I fucked some stuff up. Okay. Not that I didn't think I had. But there were some really big things that I, I found that I'd missed uh, in, in the moment of, you know, being there and not having enough awareness to catch. And those were rough to sort out. And, you know, and, and fully enough that like post that I fully made sure I went and apologized and everything to my ex about, like, yo, I fucked that up, man. And I'm really sorry. Mm. Um, you know, whether or not I can justify how I was in the moment with being in pain or anything else from surgeries or any other stress that I had doesn't change the fact that I, I fucked that up for my partner at the time. Okay. Um, so that was, that was very, very eye opening. The big shift in empathy there as well. Um, the next one was I'd realized like finally making some peace with the end of my athletic career or addressing it more more so it's like i knew that i would be done throwing at some point but i'd never kind of expected to end up in chronic pain to where like i'm not an athlete anymore and um because the shift went so quickly from oh i'm gonna rehab and do this surgery to get back into competition i didn't get to process it because i went so quickly into pain now the whole goal was fix whatever this is and that was a a three-year stretch um now, after I got out of pain finally and actually got some distance, like realizing that I was, I was really sad that I didn't have the relationship with my brother and with the guys that I threw with anymore. But instead of kind of a bitterness that comes from, you know, those type of realizations of like, fuck, I wish I hung out with my brother more or any of this other type of thing. It was this very honest realization too, that like, times changed you know we used to compete together in the same sport and we're not anymore we used to actually work for the same company and we're not anymore and so life has changed we we have different focus and different goals and there's not nearly as much to communicate about when then we could call and talk about work and or the traveling for that weekend that we had a shared thing and so instead of like being bitter about the loss of that relationship i just got really, really stoked that I ever got to be that close with my brother and share those experiences. Mm. Um, cause most people don't like, man, I got to travel around the world for 10 years with my brother and compete in a bunch of rad places. Like no one gets to fucking do that. Damn sure. Not forever. Yeah. And so totally. that was good. And then the last one was, um, my knee and hip had started a conversation with me and, um, basically, had had spoke to me and said along the lines of like 
you know, everything that's going really well for you in your life right now, whether that's business relationship, work, any of that, like, man, that's off work. We did. Cause if you don't yeah. throw far, no one knows who the fuck you are. I mean, yeah. they, they shouldn't based on that anyway, but it's definitely a thing that's gotten me through the door to do more. Um, yeah. With, without that, it's a much trickier transition to doing any of the things I'm doing. And so, you know, they basically just said, like, what else do you want from us? Because we're done. Like, we, we died on our sword for this cause. So how about some fucking respect and be a little nicer? I mean, you've, you've traveled around the world and talked to experts and, and give a shit, yet you just keep reaching for the hammer out of your toolbox to beat on us instead of learning any other of the tricks to make things better. And that shifted things entirely for me. I mean, when I came back from that trip, I got away from lifting or trying to lift heavy to get the rehab going the way I wanted and realized that, man, the goal is to get as healthy as I possibly can. Mm. And Definitely. then we'll see how it goes from there. But if I don't fix that, <clears throat> and the other one's not terribly viable. Yeah. Seems That's... like it's been uh, massively beneficial to, to life. And I mean, dude, all that happened in about six hours. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's, that's a lot to process in a short window, it isn't is. it? Now, it happens very fast, but the sorting your way through it, the integration of it back into your life is definitely something that happened probably over the next four or five months. And like you can absolutely feel that medicine still in you for, for a pretty good stretch. I would say for a little over three months after that experience, like, Mood was really, really good. Focus was really good. Anxiety is at an all-time low. Just daily bullshit anxiety, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just seemed that, like, all the normal things that make noise that I, I'm trying to avoid to stay focused weren't making noise anymore. So whatever my ADD or whatever it is had just less to focus on. Yeah, yeah, sounds uh, massively beneficial, especially when you're talking about, and and it's maybe the, the the one of the few things I might be able to beat you on, Matt, is uh, knee surgeries. I've had thirteen of them. Fuck me! You got a fake <laughs> one yet? Not yet, no. Um, so I played I played rugby and then I played American football. I was a wide receiver over here in Scotland. We played amateur ball. Um, Why don't you guys adopt I'd, that sport? I don't know. Well, I played rugby for a long time and then changed over to American football um, and, and just got my knees destroyed playing mostly American football. I did it the first time playing rugby and a little bit like yourself, the first couple of times we went and repaired it, the ligament just didn't hold right. um, and withered away. So they've had to do a couple of tune-ups with it. But at the moment, they've said they wouldn't replace it yet because we're over here in the NHS. They don't like replacing knees until you're in your 60s and I'm only... When I when I did it the last time, I was in like my mid twenties. So right. they're like, yeah, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to live with it for 15, 20 years before we consider you a candidate for a knee replacement. And it's same boat here. The thing- they, they didn't they didn't want to do mine either. I mean, but the last discussion I had with my surgeon was, I need to figure out another plan, or I'm gonna figure out how to get rid of the leg. <laughs> yeah, like, I that. wasn't I wasn't okay. Like I couldn't go up and down stairs. I couldn't walk more than about 400 yards at a time without just being so fucking shitty and frustrated that yeah, I, it just ruined the rest of my day and, and made me shitty to everyone I was around. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've been in touch with that emotion. As I say, I can't, I can't really run on mine a huge amount anymore. And anything where my foot's locked like a rowing machine or a, you know, like a, a stationary bike, mm-hmm. as soon as my foot's locked, my knee has a tendency, instead of hinging, it kind of hinges and twists. Uh. Um, and me and Chris both do jiu-jitsu when the lockdown isn't in place. And there's times, you've seen it, Chris, eh, where I've rolled and my knee's been hooked in like a butterfly. I don't know if you do jiu-jitsu, Matt, but... I, I did uh, for a little bit. I'd like okay. to... Um... I'd like to do I just more. thought I went, cool. That, that's totally awesome because it's good. And times where my foot's been jammed under someone and I've gone to move and then he just goes, pop. And you're yeah. like, Ugh. Yeah, I'm I don't so, miss any of that. I'm so lucky no. that I haven't fucking had any knee problems. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so man. Lucky. And that's one of those things I wonder, right? Like, I, I had um, Aaron Horshagon yesterday who uh, squat university and recently has put out his book and we were talking about stuff and just like what amazing this is like there's one thing that you have talent for athletes right and then you have athletes that also have the desire to push themselves because those don't always line up i mean there's wildly talented people who are also fucking lazy and then you have people that are willing to work their ass off who don't have a lick of talent to save their life yeah um but occasionally you get both And then there's this third factor that just seems to be like genetically robustness. Yeah. Because, I mean, me, you know, I did this thing and ended up severely broken. Meanwhile, like we've we've got a a mutual friend who played 12 years in the NFL as a defensive lineman and like is totally fine. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong. And I'm like, man, there's just a (laughs) robustness there that I I don't have. Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. I, I mean, I know, I know guys from uh, amateur boxing who uh, are fucking punch drunk. Right. Amateur boxing and fucked, and then and then you see guys, you know, you listen to you know Marvin Hagler talking or some, or, you know, Roberto Duran, and he's fucking one hundred percent fine. Jake Lamar, you know, the rage, uh, rage and right. Bill, right up until the moment he died, and he was like, three hundred years old and perfectly sharp. No, it, it, it's happen? crazy, right? Like that, yeah. that it, it also seems to be a number of knockouts, heavy knockouts make you punchy. Um, and, and yeah. it's the little shots too, but again, I agree with you that it just seems, there seems to be something genetically that some people yeah, yeah, fucking 100%. have it. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been lucky with injuries. I played sport most of my life. I mean, I broke ribs and jaws and those yeah. But nothing, nothing serious. Yeah, not joints. <laughs> no, not joints. Not joints. The... Just, just, just fucking bones and shit. But um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you do? Uh, nothing competitive at all anymore, Matt. Um, no, I guess not. Uh, I'll sign up for bullshit every now and then. Um, yeah. I like doing things. So it's like now, kind of the focus has switched to more. I guess an experience like uh, I'm I'm doing an 18 mile trail run uh, in May in Bryce Canyon, which will be by far the longest I've ever fucking tried to do any type of an endurance thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to do stuff more like that. I'm interested in that. I'm interested in maybe doing like hundred mile bike ride or some bike packing or or find some like really long trails that'll be a challenge. And I'm very very curious about that side of things because I've never got to push the gas pedal on any of it. Or or wanted to for that matter. I've, um, and, I've uh, done some I've done some endure, endurance stuff and it, it fucking sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's no two ways. Right. I, 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 I fully expect it. 
I fully expect it, but it's just such, it's something I want experience in. Uh, yeah. So I know because as a competitor with any of the sports I ever did, Highland games being, you know, the main, the time that you're doing a thing is so fucking fast that there isn't any time to sort anything out in my head. The mental game that comes with competing like as a thrower and like, okay, it's my next throw, get my shit together. I've got that one dialed in. I can perform whenever I say, let's go. Mm. Just about any time of the day, that's something I have a ton of confidence in. And I know nine times out of 10, I will respond the way that I hope to. The difference with endurance is how long you get to hear that voice in your head say, this sucks. Yes. And I'm very, very curious of it because I, I don't have experience with it. And I know this, this past weekend, man, we, I was in, uh, we went out to Arizona. I went with some friends to play support for, um, a buddy doing a hundred mile race an ultra mm. and I've had, I've had other friends do ultra stuff. And it's easy, and like I'll just think like, oh, hundred miles—that's crazy. But being there and actually being part of it was such a different experience to realize like yep. what amount of toughness <laughs> that that dude has. To, right. Because like we would come back up there every between five and seven hours for when he made a lap. Yeah. And then like I just remember it being twenty-three hours later, and be like, he's still running. He, yeah. he was running when the sun went up and now it's 3 a.m. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Like, that's so long to combat that voice going, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. yeah. As, um, you know, I, I did, well, failed uh, 2019, um, the Keltman Triathlon uh, up in, in Russia. And that's a 3.4 kilometer swim, 200 kilometer cycle, and then a marathon over Monroe's. Uh, and I, I failed on the bike, made some mistakes, uh, forgot to wear padded shorts, and my fucking asshole oh, was Jesus. on fire. And, uh, <laughs> there, there was a point, that's man. Fucking... Yeah, that's that's the same as like, oh, I forgot shoes. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same, man. Forgot my <laughs> asshole was on fire. And, uh, you know, I was using the uh, waxy maze. It was 18 months of date, so my oh, asshole was no. going to explode. It was a fucking mess. Um, oh, oh, that's terribly <laughs> prepared. <laughs> there, was a point, there was a point where I was cycling downhill into wind, and I was just swearing at the wind. Like a fucking angry Scotsman. Like, a fucking wind, fucking cunt, the fucking shit, fucking stupid <laughs> that, weather. That seems, that seems lovely Scottish to me. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, it's uh, it fucking, but then fucking win. What um, what me and Ali were talking about, you know, before we added you in, was you know he, he was talking about you throwing the yeah, sixteen it? sixteen pound stone, sixty three feet, which works out. I've just done it in the background because we were chatting about it, and I were speak nineteen meters. Yeah, so, yeah. So what? That's, what that's I was my all time PR. So what I was saying to Ali was that's one of those throws, like you're saying um, about an ultra doing, you know, your friend doing 100 miles. You go, yeah, cool. Is he okay? I don't understand what that means. But, you know, so I'm saying to Ali, if you said a, a normal parent, like a normal guy in the street, right, like he's a 16 pound stone. Do you think you could throw it that far and go, fucking right. I, I can do that. Right. Because it, it's a distant, like the throwing distances for those events it's weird because people anyone who's ever been to the gym 16 pounds doesn't fucking weigh anything yeah. like or in even the heavy weight that we throw the the four the 56 pound weight like 
anyone who's a regular in the gym, there's not a single exercise you can't do with a fucking 50 pound dumbbell. Yeah. And so I think it's really easy to be like, oh, okay, 56 pounds. And then I'm like, I threw it 48 foot two. And I'm like, hmm. And then as soon as someone picks one up, they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, and even even a 16 pound shot put or a 16 pound steel ball like it's heavier and denser than people expect it to be because there's yeah. no good handle no yeah no. yeah that's what we're saying you know best those numbers where you go 16 pounds 60 foot i think i could do that and then you try it and it goes like five feet and you go what the fuck? <laughs> well look man even for me uh like friends that are shot putters and and you know chasing the olympics like those guys all throw over 70 feet which the fuck are you talking about like i, I don't understand <laughs> how how you apply more force and go faster yeah. i just like how did you, you beat me by 10 feet <laughs> like yeah, yeah, shit yeah, yeah. yeah that's when it become yeah but uh, again we've said this so many times when, when speaking to people about anything it's like until you do something you don't realize how fucking far away you are from that yeah like, what the fuck how do you know what i mean like, like, um the, the west island way um, you know, you, you want to do some endurance stuff. That's a nice little, a nice little uh, walk or run for you. It's 90, 96 miles through the heart of Scotland. There's a guy. No, I, I haven't done the whole thing, but doing Glencoe Marathon, you mm-hmm. run on part of the West Island Way, right? And, and it's bouldery and, and it's not not great ground. I, some fucking asshole broke the record, smashed it, and, and did it in was it 13 hours 45 which yeah, is like a, an, like it's like seven minute miles average over rocky ground for 96 Crazy. miles and you go what the fuck right How, how's that a thing not, how's that possible i have a body and you have a body why can you <laughs> yeah. do that do you know what i mean it's like yeah. it just doesn't you know it doesn't i know yeah. you know you know any any of these things you know um you know just watching thor and uh earlier last year breaking the you know the 501 deadlift you think how the fuck yeah, that doesn't make no, sense. Great. Well, weighing four hundred and sixty pounds yeah, helps. That helps. That does help. But right. Right. not not only does that help. I mean, look, there's been a lot of people who weigh four hundred and sixty pounds. Only one of them's ever fucking deadlifted this much weight. So it's not like that's the deciding factor. Mm-hmm. But also having a skeleton that's like four sixty is not crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, 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 know, and not and carrying like, not carrying and, the four sixty is just bubble gum. No, yeah. and, and and like what I what I love about it, right? And in no way is this a slight or anything. I I love Haffy, and I just love the fact that someone his size, that genetically, can get that big. And then he loved strongman. Yeah, like I love that. Like it lined up, and we got to see what a human can do, because. Yeah. They don't make a bigger person. <laughs> no, yeah. that's pretty generous. That's, that's pretty enormous. Right. It's it. him and Brian Shaw. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Congratulations. Enormous. These are the biggest that have ever come out of the mold. We don't have another option. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, you know, it's those super athletes at that size. You know, you were talking earlier, Matt, about your, your friend that played, what, 12 years as a, a right. lineman in the NFL. We had uh, Joe Hawley on one of our early episodes who played all line for about eight years in Atlanta and Tampa. And he was saying about, and Chris doesn't follow football, and he, Joe was talking about being undersized at 6'3", 305 pounds. And Chris was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Fuck! Like, like 6'3", right. 305 is not a small Just, human. It doesn't, look, it's the same deal for me, right? Like, even with the Highland Games, like, I'm, I'm terribly undersized. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I competed at six foot two ninety most of my career, and the majority of my other competitors are 6'3", 305. 
Yeah. Like that was the average of the pro class that I yeah. threw with. Yeah. Well, just just you know, just because we've kind of wandered into the the Highland Games, what what was the the fascination in the first place? Well, so I was a track and field thrower in college, so I threw shot okay. disc and hammer in college, and then uh, fucked off for a few years. Opened a bicycle shop, did poorly at that, and then went back to bouncing and trying to figure out turning into an adult. Um, then got back into training as my brother had found a guy who was training strongman. Um, and so I was like, oh, that seems some, something to do. And then did that for a few years and had some fun with it. Um, competed quite a bit and then did some powerlifting as well for a few years. And finally there was a local Highland games with an amateur class that mm. while we're doing strength sports, why not go do right? Like it's local. Uh, and everything i learned in college of how to throw applies immediately so it, it's like cheating yeah, I mean, it's okay. like showing up as an amateur with the cheat codes i mean and then i won an amateur world championship a little over a year later okay, okay. So, you, you, so you had you had you yeah but there's obviously some natural ability to to throw things well i mean i started throwing in middle school oh okay so you started really so, early yeah, so you figure middle school and then two state titles in, in high school and then was a very average thrower throughout college at LSU. And mm. I, where where I think the Highland Games was really good for me is over the nine events, I really wasn't incredible at any of them. I had some stretches where I was pretty damn good, but I never broke a world record in any of the events. Um, I was just pretty good at all nine. Oh, okay. Mm. So it was really tough to knock me out of the top three in any event. Yeah. Well, you did say, though, that it kind of applied to your, your throwing career when you first moved into Highland Games, with surely the one exception of the caber. Surely the first time you saw that, were you no, not about cabers, like, what, what the fuck show. is this? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, and man, you'll, you'll try to deconstruct it and figure out ways to like, oh, I could train for this in the gym. and like, no, you can't. Just go, you have to throw it. Yeah. Um, my caber really didn't get good until I was spending the summer in Scotland for, for a couple of years. And you just, you just get so much more practice at it. And the cabers in Scotland are typically good cabers. Um, mm. and the ground's good in Scotland. Um, and it's, what well, it's, it's good caber ground. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not good for anything else. No, no, it's fucking <laughs> shit throwing in for the rest of the events, but it's, it's at least enough boggy that, um, when the head hits, it sticks. And so then yeah. it wants to flip over, but we'll throw in places that are really, really hard and it'll, it'll skip across instead of digging and wanting to carry the other end. Oh. And so you can get away with some shit in Scottish ground that you can't get away with back home. And so you can turn pretty ugly sticks in Scotland. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, did, did you watch, um, on the history channel, the the strongest man who ever lived, but it was you know, Shaw not. and Nick Best. They did um, they they, they you know it was uh, it was Nick Best, uh, Robert Oberst, Brian Shaw, and Eddie Hall. And one of the episodes was in Scotland, and they were doing at Braemar, and mm -hmm. they were trying to toss a cable, and they fucking could not do it at all. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's one of those things that like, as an athlete, the two things I'm pretty confident about are that. In 2012 and 2014, when I won world championships, that no one alive was better than me. There's plenty of athletes out there with potential. Like, make no mistake that if I think 
if I think Hapthor wanted to learn the events, mm-hmm. I think he could be good at a number of them. But he's, I think he's also too big to be good at all of them. You just run out of room. Um, but say someone like Ryan Krauser, who's a gold medal shot putter, mm-hmm. if, if he decided to get into the Howling Games, he'd stomp yeah, yeah, the yeah. shit out of me. Um, but he would still have to train it. Like There's no yeah, one yeah, who's yeah. going to show up cold and be able to do it. it it's too yeah. technical. Yeah. And so it's pretty neat knowing that. Whereas, like, you know, if you did powerlifting or anything like that, there's always what federation or bullshit. Like, I know on those two instances, no one on earth is better than me. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that pretty, pretty cool. cool. What's um, what's just quite interesting is because you're talking about, you know, like half thought getting into it was um, he had a, an exhibition boxing match. Yeah, uh, I, ju- I just watched it actually uh, so, uh, while I was eating lunch. Yeah, so me and my buddy, he was actually my boxing coach, uh, my friend Danny, and we were talking about it, uh, you know, and he was, you know, he's a boxing purist, and, you know, he was saying, he didn't, you know, he's, he's not he's not very good, but he's not as bad as I thought he was going to be. Of course he's not and any I, fucking good. He has no boxing matches in what, under his belt. And what, what I was saying to him, no, he wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, you know, he wasn't criticizing him, he was saying, you know, he was no, right, right, right. I thought. But what I was saying, because what you've got to remember is, you know, this is a guy with a world-class mentality, who is going to do the fucking work? I think he within a year. I don't think he's going to, you know, beat fucking Tyson Fury. I think no. he could get good because he has that work ethic to be the world's strongest man. So I think you you take a guy like that and say, learn this new skill, and they go all in. I think they could, <clears throat> yeah, fucking absolutely do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he has backed out of strongman. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that he's committing to boxing, but I know he's committing to the big fight. Yeah. With yeah. him yeah. and Eddie and. Yeah. You know, I was watching the exhibition fight and I thought, I think it says a lot as the type of athlete that he is that, I mean, how much do you think it feels like a risk going into that fight if you don't kill that dude Mm -hmm. or take a fucking loss, Mm -hmm. which someone who's a skilled professional boxer has very, very likely chance of putting you on your ass. And so, I mean, I think it's a ballsy move. You know, it's especially with what the crowd could think, like, oh man, he okay, didn't look good. And then you're giving the competition so much of an advantage. But meanwhile, like, yo, the advantage is that you got a boxing match under under your belt. Everyone's gonna suck in their first match. So okay, why right. would you make that one the one that counts? Yeah, yeah. I would way rather that match that I've got with all the money on it and all the eyes make that about fight ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. You're so far ahead of the other guy if he hasn't been in the ring. Because look, you can spar all you fucking want, but it ain't the same. Yeah. It's not the same as coming down there with the lights and having the referee in the ring and doing all these other things, and what your heart rate does in that environment. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. So and, and you know, it says a lot about a man who wants to come from you know a sport where he spent you know the the large part of his adult life, you know, being you know you know, one of the best in the world, was the world's strongest man, to come away from that comfort zone to then go and do something fucking Something you're bad at. Completely fucking different. Yeah, something you're bad at. You know what I mean? Really yeah. bad. Well, and, and I mean, and, and the, when I say bad, I don't mean that, like, he's a shit yeah, boxer. Yeah, no, 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 I, know I mean, mean, he doesn't have the reps. No. You know, that's yeah. deciding to go do something you're completely new and bad at and, and starting again from square one as an athlete to, to, to remove your ego enough and say, look, yeah. what's important to me isn't winning. What's important to me is finding out what the fuck I'm capable of. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. And he, he, he really, like, like in the best possible way, like, he sucks. But really, he, he looked good for a guy not who scared. is what he is. You know what I mean? He actually moved well. Actually, like, for a man of his size, he was fucking quite mobile. He wasn't, you know, just, you know, doing these big, stupid, getting excited. No, and no did he shots. gas out. No, he no. looked good. No, I never saw him drop his arms and just sit yep. there and turn purple. Yeah. I mean, we watched yeah. what Marius Pizanowski got into MMA. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I'm not trying yeah. to give him any shit either. No, no. Like, yo, this hole in the middle of your face is not a good enough air intake to fill the rest of that fucking body so that it doesn't die under that much heart rate. Like, you just can't do it. I'm amazed. Yeah. So, um, I'm amazed that that guy's heart didn't explode, to be fair. <laughs> and he's and he's held on. And that was something I was really impressed. Like, those were the big big things I thought with Hapthor is that man you got in the ring and you stuck to a plan he didn't go nuts in there and try to swing for the fences nope. and hurt that guy he took that boxing match as an exhibition and a place to learn mm. and not only that like okay cardio is working yeah. but you got to find out what have we done so far that's mattered mm. I, I, yeah. I, I think I think it's brilliant man I, I, I think, I think um... that says so much about him as an athlete and what a competitor he is yeah, I mean that's that you know that's what I was saying to my buddy, man. You you take a world class athlete from any discipline and say, you know, fighting's a little different because you know if you get punched in the mouth, you, you've you've got to want to be in there because getting punched in the mouth is not isn't fucking fun. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's, yeah, but, no, you know, no, that's it, it's true. That, yeah. I mean, that's a it's a weird sport to go into. Combat sports where you're one on one versus another human is a way different thing than battling a log. Yeah, you know, especially yeah. with strongman, like while it's very competitive, the performance your competitor puts up really doesn't affect your day. You should just be able to do as much as you are going to do, and the cards stack how they go, or cards fall however they do. But I mean, with boxing, now you're reacting to your competitor. Mm. Yeah, and so that's a very and, it's a way different sport. Uh, and I mean, you know, if you if you're a you know if you're a powerlifter or strongman or Highland Games, you know, and and you miss a lift and uh, you know you lose it, whatever, uh, you lost, you'll you'll be it's pissed off. It's not a off. big deal. Yeah, if, <laughs> if, if 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 you're a guy with you know Hathor's, uh you know reputation and fame, and he fights Eddie Hall and gets knocked the fuck out, that's a different thing yes. to yeah. to not win a world, you know, to drop in a stone to win, you know, to win the world's strongest man. That's a different fucking thing. That takes also, also it's balls. dangerous. Yeah. Oh, I mean, did, did you guys watch? Did you guys watch the Tyson Roy Jones Jr. thing? Jones Jr. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I just uh, Roy Jones is a hero, and I I couldn't watch fifty-two year old Roy Jones. <laughs> Man, I tell you what. I hope I I hope I move as well as either of those guys at fifty-two. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't an old man fight. Did they get? Did they get? Was there any? Was there any? Uh, any drugs testing for that fight? <laughs> I, I don't not. think it was under USADA, no. I hope uh, not. Why know, would we bother? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just, but, you know, uh, I, I, Roy Jones, to me, was the most fucking ridiculous fighter in his prime. Of um, course. Yeah, Roy Jones is just ever lived. a monster. It's, it's very difficult for me. You know, even right at the end, you know, he fought um, Enzo Macronelli in Russia a while back when he was, you know, 48. And it was so hard to watch your fucking idol. Just... <laughs> Just not look good. Do you know? What you I mean? know all right, you know, so I, I feel that way about it, right? Like I can, I can, I can get on board with that to be like, "Yo, what are you doing? You don't, you don't have to do this anymore." 
And then the other part of me as an athlete and a competitor, I mean, it's still him for him. Like, it's still like, I think I can still make moves. Yeah. And then, I mean, fucking George Foreman won the heavyweight title at 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Years old, man. Yeah. 45 years old. He's, he's you still know. out there swinging, eh? And All so, right. I mean, I, I, I think it's easy to think, why are they still doing it? They're rich. They're blah, 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 blah. But oh, no, I, I understand they, why they still do it. Like, yeah, I, there's a reason they got gloves on the first time before anyone gave a shit. Like, that like, still voice is in there. I I haven't bought you know I only box as an amateur, and, you know I was a you know a, a a pretty good amateur, um and I haven't boxed since two thousand and fourteen, and I'll still randomly you know be walking through my house and just start shadow boxing. Yeah, what the fuck? Am I doing? The fuck? awesome. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just it's fucking like, cool. Okay, because you know, because it's one of those things that you kind of get into your bones and you can't get it. So I, I completely I do, understand. I do I do the it. same with throwing. Yeah, there's there's yeah, plenty yeah. of times where I'll, I'll I'll sit there and kind of just feel hips move a little bit and like kind of <laughs> shake an arm out for whatever reason some ingrained bullshit thing I did for ten years. Start thinking about yeah. making a comeback and fucking no, oh, man. I do all the <laughs> no time. man. Yeah. I have people ask me that all the time now that like I'm moving a little bit more and doing some stuff. They're like, you gonna throw again? And I'm like, fuck's the point. Like I I did it. I know how good. I can be at it, and I'll never be good again. Come on, man! You just talked about Roy Jones. <laughs> Look, if that if Roy Jones does it because he loves it, yeah, great. Nah, I know what you mean, man. Yeah, but but for me, I learned everything I could from that sport already. Yeah, yeah. and so, man, what else? Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. But it it does linger, doesn't it? As a as oh. a former, and obviously, I'm not an athlete anywhere near the level of Look, I, I believe that, this. But, Honestly, it does stick hurt. in your head and you're like, I, I think I could still go. And then you go to a couple of practice sessions and you realize that you're now 36 and cannot ever keep up with the 21-year-olds. And you're like, nah. Oh, yeah. The nah. only thing I would ever do, the only thing I would ever do throwing is that I, I would love to be able to get healthy enough that I could throw so that I could teach mm. and do some more clinics and stuff like that. Because, man, that was really hard, right? Like, I lost the sport and lost the ability to throw overnight. Like, this has never been fucking hurt. My brain works great. Like, I have all this information. And throwing one as a coach, it's really tough for me to just explain verbally. Yes. Mm. And I'm like, fuck, I have this skill set that I'm not allowed to use to translate because I can't speak that language anymore. Yeah. And so if I can, if I can get that back enough that I could teach and actually you know take some throws at whatever percent that it doesn't go to shit on me that would be cool if i could throw throw again i'd probably try to figure out if i could get my body weight down to the sub 200 because that's the only other weight class with with highland games okay and then just go take all of their records <laughs> Drop the mic oh, and fucking oh, sail off. And be like, yeah, I'm done here. You guys have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm, I'm honestly not sure at this point that if I could get back to throwing, if I could break any other records. So I guess. I mean, I, I mean, could have uh, at one point. <laughs> I mean, there's that, uh, I mean, you could you could always uh, you know transition, be a woman, and break all the wound records. <laughs> got a lot more steps that. That, that plan's got a lot more steps in it. <laughs> It'd be a tricky one. Also, the women's records are fucking big too. <laughs> like, like I'm not sure I'm taking any of those. Those chicks drop bombs, man. You know, what's funny, man, is um I remember deadlifting. So my deadlift P P B was um uh two forty kilos. 
and you know I pulled that. I think I was about I was like a hundred kilos at the time, and uh, I felt pretty good with myself. And then watched um, a Swedish girl, Isabella von Weisenberg. She competed like I think under sixty nine kilos, and she fucking pulled two forty. I'm just oh man, what the fuck. Uh, the, so the, <laughs> the beauty of all of those type of things, right? Like like me knowing all these mutants, yeah, is. I, what I've done is never impressive, so I may as well enjoy doing it. Yeah. Because yeah, if yeah. I think it's gonna be the impressive thing I did, like fuck, it's not great. Like, what am I? Am I gonna talk about my power lifts? Meanwhile, I'm I'm really good friends with Steffi Cohen. Right. Okay. And like, I'm not sure I can fucking out total Steffi right now. <laughs> <laughs> She's fucking incredible. I'm, man. I'm, not, I'm not sure if all three of us could fucking. No shit, eh? <laughs> I mean, she pulled she pulled over 500 pounds at 114 pound body weight that's insane like, that, like that's insane yeah it has squatted over 500 i'm not sure what well, i could squat 500 right now i don't know what federation will be legal and i think spf's like my only fucking chance because <laughs> i think they just give white lights for squat attempts at this point it's like as long as i unrack it and give her a go it's pretty much it's fine yeah <laughs> Uh, man, don't, yeah, don't talk about squat depth because he'll get upset man. oh shit I was, getting, I was getting shit i was getting shit the other night for my squat depth but i think I it was i think it was fine. yeah my knees my knees that's bent exactly and i didn't shit on my feet i'm not in like i don't i don't take criticism for anyone i don't ask for advice anymore <laughs> yeah um so uh, yeah just because you said you, you spent a couple of summers in scotland um where where were you were you, were you all over it's all over. So like game season in Scotland travels quite a bit, but like, um, so my, my good buddy, Scott Ryder is, uh, English. And so he would come up from London for the summers and we would usually stay in Glasgow or, uh, Carmonic actually, um, okay. where, um, Douglas Edmonds, uh, lives there. And so Doogie, uh, I guess had recently just passed, but we would stay with Doogie every summer. And, uh, his son, Gregor was another guy that had thrown and won a, a world championship. Yeah. Um, Doogie started World's Strongest Man. Um, okay. And then, like, John Paul Sigmerson lived at Dougie's house for a number of years, and everyone's been there. So, like, uh, Gregor and uh, Colin Bryce are the two guys who run Giants Live now. And, I mean, they build all the implements for World's Strongest Man. And so, just give you an idea of this really rad spot being there at Dougie's house is kind of where home base would be. And then we would essentially fuck off from there every day to wherever the different games were. So, I mean, I remember we threw it, uh, Oban. I remember yeah. going there. Um, yeah. apparently there's something to do with the waters under the bridge in Oban, like some type of fucking mystery Scott was trying to tell me about. And he couldn't ever quite come up I, with anything. I fucking swam from Oban to the Isle of Car Carrera in a triathlon. Jesus. And the, and the mystery was how the fuck I didn't drown because there's a current and it wants to pull you away. So there's a mystery. Fuck there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think Scott was trying to say it's the only current that does this fucking horse shit. Yeah. Um, where were else? So yeah, through there, through um, Inverary, yeah. um, okay. Inverness, Hallkirk, uh, Aberdeen, Burn Island. Um, the worst one I did of all of them is uh, I fuck um. Where did Seamus, Hamish run that fucking game? Uh, I'll come back around. Um, through Bollock. Um, 
I never did Braemar. That's one of the ones I missed that I really okay. wish I would have done. I, yeah, my, uh, I won a world championship in Dunfermline. That's oh, literally okay. just down the road for us. Yep, that's yeah. that's where I did uh, my world championship in 2014. Um, oh, shit, man. Yeah, Hamish ran a game. Uh, oh, man, it's some silly-ass name, Little Town. It's one of the worst I've ever did. Everything's right. silly in Scotland. We got, we got over there, and I just remember, like, it was... It was cold and piss and rain, which, yes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and, like, it was our last game, so it was, like, game number eight in probably nine days. Mm-hmm. And then it's cold and piss and rain, and the field is awful. And there's, like, five of us there, and, like, there's no one there to watch. And it's just it's just a shit show. Um and, and then, like, we also know because it's a Hamish game, like, things are going to be weird. Like, who knows what we're going to get paid? And he's going to try to disappear before he pays us. Like, that's <laughs> that's part of it. Like, we, we just know. And so, you, you know, going in that it's going to be this hassle. And I just remember looking at Scott and being like, what the fuck are we doing here, man? It's cold and raining. And, like, we, we have a five-day break before the World Championships. Like, why are we here in the rain? Everything I own's wet. I hate this. And... <laughs> And sure enough, it's one of the games I remember most because Hamish is a is a lunatic and like had us do a bunch of events that aren't real events in the Highland Games, like uh, the Stones of Density, which were just a deadlift in the field. Like, (laughs) 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 yeah, I mean, with just three sheep, just three sheep watching. (laughs) Oh God, I remember. I remember at some point he was like, "Uh, "Next ball is heavy hammer." We're like, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're gonna do it because no one's here and it's raining. And uh, we're like, why don't we just take the money from Heavy Hammer and just add that to the overall winner? And he's going, oh no, he says, I don't think so. He says the games are a disaster. He says, the dancing girls have gone home. The falconer has left. Oh no. <laughs> sure, Hamish. I guess, I guess that's how we'll run things. Oh man, that was that just like Scottish. That was pretty good. Just crap it. Hamish, Hamish is the only one I can fucking do. Anyone yeah. else, it just turns into blah 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 blah. Just, just mumble uh, mouth, Craig. Just fucking crab it and grumpy and. Fucking... Oh, dude, <laughs> and like Hamish, he's a legend. He's a legend within the whole thing. But like, he's he's a twat, and. He's just this old guy, and you know, <laughs> bless him. But uh, I remember just stories like I remember there's a guy that he owed money to, and so the guy had called him up, and he's like, "Hamish, you owe me like two hundred pounds from the game we did back, whatever." And Hamish, oh, no, I don't think I'll be paying you. His currency won't have value in the future. I'm doing it. <laughs> answered a guy that way and then I, I think Pete had responded to be like you know fuck all that next time I see you I'll punch you in the mouth and, and Hamish responded he's like next time I see you will be in hell and then just <laughs> up he's he's a fucking incredible person um but you were there just as like Hamish is running a game and like if we don't go then no one's there and that's embarrassing for Hamish so let's just go <laughs> but we're also gonna take the piss out of him the whole day as much as possible. Oh man, yeah, that sounds like a fucking sounds like a good good. Uh, you know what? Fucking good stories, man. Good Dude, it's it's a fucking good sport. It's a good sport. And like Hamish is on the microphone, and I remember him saying something. He's like, "Hey lads, I was arrested in the woods of Glenmore one time. 
sexual indecency. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> minor. <laughs> Nothing minor, you kin. Is <laughs> like why? Why would you tell the crowd that? Crazy old man. Do you know the best bit of that entire thing there, Matt? Was the yakin? Yakin. Authentic. That makes a hundred percent authentic. Perfect. Perfect. Yakin. I was like, yes, yes. Love it. As we would say up this neck of the woods, love it, neeps. Love it, heaps. Oh man. Yeah. So. You were in uh, it's so hilarious to you know say you were in fucking Bon Island and Don Fermon. Yeah. Um, it's uh literally, you know, that's the two villages kind of round about me and Ali. Um I like probably... Scotland, man. I, I've can... I've always had fun. I, I like people, I like Scotland as a whole. I think your road system is shit. But other <laughs> than that, food's good, um, beer's good, seem to be a good time. Yeah, right. It's uh yeah, man, it's uh some of the places up north are fucking amazing. Um, Halkirk's really cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that way. And then I didn't make it. There's a really rad beach up there that's like white sand and really beautiful. I imagine oh, it's yeah, just that's, cool. that's, shit. Harris. There's Isla, Isla Harris, okay. I think, is um, notoriously amazing. Uh, um, one of the Isla Sky is super cool. Oh, yeah, man, Sky's I, lovely. I tried to go to the I, I tried to go to the Isle of Skye once a year to climb some hills, man. It's fucking tremendous. Yeah. It's just yeah. amazing. Um, and then we also threw it um Isle of um nah, I can't think of it, but it's you throw up on a golf course like at the top of this hill. <laughs> Do you know what that remember, might like the walk from the ferry being so fucking long? That also, might be not like I'm that, walking a lot at that point. Yeah. That might be the island I'm from, Isle of Arran, Broadick Highland Games. No, that wouldn't it wasn't that. It wasn't okay. that because they oh. they do their Highland games just off the golf course, eh? Where I'm okay. from. Yeah. I mean, Ali, Ali grew up in a castle, just so just so you know. Oh noted. That's <laughs> cool. How'd that work yeah. out? Chris Chris has got a son, Al grew up in a castle. That's kind of yeah, guys one or the other. Back, you know, with the two, two guys with the two richest men in Scotland. Yeah, I, I grew up trapping <laughs> alligators, so I mean whatever. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucking, I can't remember what I was going to say that. I've kind of, everything's went crazy now, and I've fucking no idea what I'm, I've no idea what I'm thinking about anymore. Perfect. Um, what's going? I was going to ask you something, there and I fucking completely forgot. I'm still trying to think of the fucking name that the Hamish ran, and I can't think of the city, but it'll it'll pop up here in the old shithead. I mean, there's only about five cities. <laughs> we, we don't have many cities, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, 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 right, I know that it's some mixture of letters I, I'm running through my head of the same ones that sound like every other place. Yeah, they're all fucking stupid. They're all stupid, uh, but... You got Glasgow, any, any... Glasgow's an interesting city. Yes, it is. <sighs> Man. And by interesting, I mean kind of a shithole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's scary as well. Yeah. The... It's a good place to get stabbed, it felt like. It was what it, one of the funniest fucking things I ever heard was uh, Billy Conley, the very famous. Yeah, coach. yeah, yeah. So when there was a terror attack at Glasgow Airport, uh, a guy fucking you know shouting fucking Allah and all this shit. Um, uh, he got out and tried to drive a car into you know the fucking departure lounge or whatever shit, and he basically got his fucking head kicked in by locals. Yeah. And you John, know, Billy, you remember you know, John Smeaton, eh? Yeah. John Smeaton kicked him in the balls, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, what's funny was because of Glasgow is like broadly split, you know, it's, it's you know Catholic Protestant split is just amazing. 
And you know he was he was laughing going fucking these Islamic terrorists coming to fucking Glasgow trying to try to bring religious bigotry to Glasgow. You're fucking three hundred years too late. Fucking <laughs> no shit. <laughs> fucking football. Man, you know, Billy Connolly's so funny. He's so great in uh well a number of things, but uh like Boondock Saints and stuff like that. Just such a fun role. Hilarious guy, man. Absolutely hilarious. He's, he's guy. brilliant. And uh, have you seen Last Samurai with Tom oh, Cruise? <laughs> I Love have, it. but it's been it's been a long time that I can't. Connolly's in that, and he's yeah. he's unbelievable, unbelievable. Such a fucking funny. It's kind of sad to see him now. He's got Parkinson's, and he's kind of. Yeah, he seems to be having a good a good laugh about it though. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. He's he's having fun with it, but he's um he's a fucking national treasure. That guy, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, man, we're clocks ticking for all of us, right? Fucking right. That's why we do shit, right? Oh, I do it, man. That's that's why that's one of those it. things that for me that like I man that feeling of TikTok like I can't I can't shut it down. I was uh, so that's a full thing that has me on the gas pedal. I I was having this I was having this conversation just the other night. Um, who was I talking to? I think it was Laura actually, and we we're talking about this and we we're saying you know fucking like I, I've done like so many different like like you were saying you 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 weren't the best in the world at anything and um, in Highland Games. Like I'm not good at anything, but I've done a lot of shit. I'm, Hell yeah, I'm, I'm the world's most average man at everything. That's but, awesome. But you know, I fucking like trying things, and I still feel like fuck. I still, fuck. I've never been to America. I want to go to America and run hills and do a triathlon. And Hell fucking, yeah, man. Fucking win the Highland Gate. You know, just my brain works like that. Um, reality yeah. is completely different, but I, I try. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's one of those things, and that's kind of why that that feeling of like, would I do Highland Games again? I'm like, I did it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't have anything left to prove there. I, I I I threw as far as my body was ever gonna be allowed to. Yeah. And so, I, I know all those things, and so now it's just I have to go back and do it with a shittier machine. That sounds stupid. Yeah. Um, like, I, I want to see what else I can do. And, and man, there's so many cool things I'm interested in doing, whether it's more endurance-style stuff or getting better at maybe some competitive shooting or improving skills driving cars or even mechanic work or stuff like that. And you only get so many chapters to obsess on a thing in life, and mm-hmm. especially only a few that really physical chapters. And so... Yeah. Man, I, I want to know, man. I want to know what this fucking I, thing uh, do. I did. I raced some cars in my younger years as well. <laughs> Something else. Yeah. I've done. Yeah. Too expensive. Cost too much money. But yeah, I did a little bit of racing. Um, fucking done a lot. Of, you know, kind of like you. Man. I'm listening to some of your stuff on on YouTube. Like, your your brain works very very similar to me. Like the way, just like, kind of fucking go do things. Stop fucking making excuses. Make shit happen. It's kind of the way my my brain. You're you're way more successful, but uh, it's kind of the way my 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 brain works as well. Fucking relative, my friend. <laughs> uh, well, you know what I mean. Um, uh, but yeah, it's you know I've kind of got a very similar uh, outlook and approach to things that, that you do. Um, so you know it's cool seeing your your gem and podcast stuff all coming together quite nicely and doing. Yeah, well. man, it's uh it's fun and it's it's really like I'm just trying to build this. I, I guess whatever my perfect space is to be creative and inspired and motivated and want to think and do more, I just wanted to make it. And then mm. so that's what I've turned this into. And so 
you know, that we want to make more YouTube, YouTube content and better quality YouTube content. So I, there's a handful of things that allow that to be efficient. Like yeah. no one ever being in the way. Also, yeah. no one ever playing music or the fact that we know that to make quality content, like I need lighting set up. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, you can't just fucking half ass it. And so now I have a place that I'm a hundred percent in control of all the lighting and who's in there and the music and the way things look and the branding on the equipment. It's, it, it's something I've recently started talking about. And I think that there's different levels you can do of it in your life. And it's, it's universe creation and it's, it's building your universe and your people around you. And, you know, deciding that, you know, I mean, the way hate brand started was this kind of idea of like, well, I didn't like any of the stuff other people were making. Yeah. So I'll make my own. Mm. And then now we're six years into that. You know, it's, yeah. it's little stuff like making sure, making sure your vehicle or for me, since it's something I, I like driving, I like being in my vehicle. Like I want my vehicle to be fucking fun because yeah. it's another one of those things that if I'm going to bother being in it for any amount of time, if that amount of time I'm in it is 20% more fun, yeah, that makes my life better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes and sense. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's really what it is. And so, does it add to business? I think so, because I think I'm I'll be happier doing the things I want to do, and me being more genuinely stoked and passionate mm -hmm. tends to to roll over to the other side. Yeah, I mean, I, I can relate to all that stuff, man. I mean, uh, something else that you know I've not done anything like your your. Um, your your clothing stuff, but yeah, I I made I've made a couple of rash guards now for jujitsu. The same thing, just went. I think I could make one myself, and I have right. another one. I have a Scottish themed one ready to go. I need to get my friend in Taiwan, my friend Professor Dan. I need to get him to get that made. But you know, it's one of those things. Where you go, I think I could do something better. Yeah. Let me try. Try well, that. I would, I would rather fucking fail. Yeah. And then go. That's hard. Yeah, 100% not <laughs> you know, and, and then I'd way rather that than that fucking bullshit dude that's going to sit there and like, yeah, I was going to do that, but, you know, that, yeah, that fucking asshole that's never going to put it on the table and never actually take the risk and never dive in or, or halfway through it. Or, or do that thing like where they'll enter a contest and then not perform well and then be like, well, I really didn't train. Well, then why'd you fucking yeah. bother? Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. I, you know, there's nothing sadder than I. I don't really go to the pub a whole heap anymore, but you know, I might go to the pub a few of the, a few of the, you know, a few of the boys, uh, maybe once a year. I sure. go to a pub. You, you know, we were drinking. I'm 36 now, so you know, we were drinking there when we were 18, so half my life ago. And you'll still see the same three or four fucking assholes at the bar, yeah, still man. saying the Locked same in. shit. And you think, man, 100%. your life is fucking pathetic i feel so but they don't even know they're so stupid no. they don't even know i remember you know when it mean? clicked it, it clicked for me partying with friends and i just remember sitting there and talking with my group of buddies and like i'd already started kind of doing some other stuff and i was like holy fuck you guys don't have a new story yeah because yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you haven't fucking done anything new in four years yeah. i gotta get the fuck out of here like Man, this, this not... place this is a trap yeah yeah, and like, 100%. man, you just have to avoid those fucking traps in life. It, man, that's something. Um, 
you know, I probably realised, you know, maybe within the, yeah, certainly within the last five years, it's like looking at who's around about you and going, you know, what has this person ever brought to my life? Have they, have they uh, improved it? What do they bring other than fucking bullshit and drama? Nothing. Yeah. Cool. Get just get rid of them because they ain't doing shit. And in right. ten years they'll be doing the same bullshit. And then you just think, fuck, man. I, you know, we don't have a long time. You know, left no. on fucking fuck no, fuck planet, man. I'm, so, I'm thirty-seven. I'll be thirty-eight in April. Mm. And you know, when that whole thing clicked for me my my father had passed away in 2014 and was 62 when he died uh died the day before my birthday um and so it's easy to, easy to remember the date uh and um i remember thinking like i turned uh 31 the day after he had passed and i just had this thought of man are you half fucking way there yeah and and while you know my, my old man died of uh pancreatic pancreatic cancer um but it was one of those things that everything was cool and 11 months later he was dead yeah, yeah. and so that's up right and so like for me like the relationship with my dad was great i'm just bummed my dad's not around right like mm. dad was awesome and i just kept thinking that if you're halfway there like the fuck are you doing with your time because mm -hmm. at that point at 62 if we're calling it halfway which look i think i'll probably make it past that but that's not a guarantee yeah, man. So that's a good number to lay on since since it clicked right then. And I think, it, you know, I haven't done the math in a while, but, you know, essentially that's, it's like 1,860 weeks. Mm. Like that's it. That's, that's all I have left. Mm. Yeah. And I have a bunch of really cool shit I'd like to do and see. And so I better get going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, re I read a similar to that, just talking about the timescale there, Matt. And again, sorry to hear about your, your dad as well. It's sure, a, thank you. pancreatic cancer is a bastard. It took my wife's mum about seven years ago. So I, I appreciate what you're saying on that. But I'd read a story about a guy who was heavily into stoicism. And he did a similar calculation to yourself. His dad had passed away, I think, in his, in his early 60s. And he basically planned it out and he put a massive spreadsheet on the wall of his bedroom with a box for every single day. I've and I've seen get, I've seen the calendar you can buy. Yeah, and and he oh awesome. And the guy said every day at the end of the day he puts a black mark through the box, and he says, and every day whether I do anything or just lay in my bed all day, I have to put a black mark in the box because it's another day done. And right. he says, and every time he puts the black mark, he's like, was it worth it? Is the trade for for this black box worth what I've spent the it, last eighteen hours doing? And then yeah, also multiply it by X. Same exact mindset. Mine, mine, the story I use is that, you know, you know, if I had a jar and put 1,860 marbles in it and every Monday morning pluck one out and decide, you know, was this one spent doing shit I care about with people I love or was it spent doing things I'm obligated to do for some fairy tale of one day I'll be there? Mm. Yeah. Either way, it goes in the fucking trash. And mm. so why would I spend any of that not doing the thing I'm doing? If both outcomes put, it's gone. Yeah. You know, I think about that. Or I think about, you know, the number of people that reach out to me with the fear of, yeah, I'd like to start my own business. I'd like to start my own thing. I'd like to try this. And the roadblocks they'll put in front of themselves to why they can't start of, mm -hmm. well, I don't have the business name or I haven't thought of this or I haven't done that. Like, yo, just start and start fucking stuff up. Mm, yeah. sooner you can do that 
the sooner you can start fixing things. Yeah. And, and not only that, like if you believe that you have anything in you and a chance of making it as your own boss, as an entrepreneur, as doing nine different things and, and, and building media content or whatever it is, if you think you have a chance to make that work, like you've got it, someone will always hire you. Like if you can't yeah. make it work for yourself and you take a swing at it, you, mm. you're someone someone will hire. Yeah, totally. So there's not totally. a risk. So I had, um, you know, you know, similar kind of moment of, of realization. Uh, so two of my best friends were killed in a car crash when I was 18. And um, that was, you know, one of those things where, you know, they were they were they were being a bit silly in the car. They were they were driving too fast. Still, but they're kids. But you know, it's one of those things where you know. I remember my mum said to me, you know, because you know they were being a bit silly because we were all into cars and racing and shit. You know, I remember my mum said to me, you know, I hope you I hope you learned a lesson. And she was expecting to say, "Yep, yeah, I'm not going to drive fast." And instead, I went, "Yeah, I need to live life," because yesterday they were my friends, and we were texting yeah. and shooting the shit and now today they're fucking not here question for you. 18, how long how long ago was that uh 18 years ago trying to figure out it well i guess it, the, the route i was going is uh like my dad's phone number is still in my phone despite there's nowhere that that number goes i just can't yeah. bring myself to get rid of it i didn't know if you still had uh -huh. those buddies I don't have the phone number, but I have uh, one of them had uh, some crazy multicolored beads that used to wear, and I've got those, and they're in the little, they're in front of me. I know where they are at all times. At all it's a time, reminder, yeah. right? Like yeah, fucking right. And it's yeah. now not even, it's now not even like a, you know, like everybody, you know, you know that day comes around. I'm sure you do the same with your dad. You know, you you you'll shed a tear, you'll think about them, and all this kind of stuff. And now for me, like so long's went past that it's not even like about. You know, you still feel sad because they've died, but it's more like, what have I done in this last year? Like, where, how am I further ahead than I was last year? And it's more now yep. like a period of reflection where I go, the fuck have I done that last year? And know the shit can end. I know the shit can end at any point. So what have we done? I agree. You know yeah, I mean? man, I, that's, that's the big one for me too. It is, how are we making progress? And And progress to me isn't always more income or fucking whatever the bullshit is like progress is just did i improve my skill set mm -hmm. and then the other thing like you were saying a second ago i wanted to talk about was you know you know getting that chance to start analyzing your your group and be like what what do these people bring to the table mm -hmm. you know and then another part of that analyzation should be what do i bring to the table mm. And though for me, like that's one that's really clicked in hard over the last year. So I, I don't have anyone around that I'm not fired up by. Yeah. And then yeah. two, I make sure that when my friends are doing cool things, because it's easy caught up in the social media and the bullshit of like, yay. But like genuinely reach out and be like, yo, this is cool. Like you're, you're fucking now, doing a thing, so dude. And like I, being stoked I, and giving that hype. Cause most of us are so goal driven that none of us slow down to say we did something. So can I ask my, this is, this is something that I do. So when somebody that I know does something cool or, you know, or, or whatever it is, even if something bad happens and you'll see everybody reach out on Facebook or Instagram and they'll all say something publicly, you know, but 
I do messes them directly. I, none, oh, of the pub, text. none of the yeah. none of the public bullshit is something privately to say, fucking that's awesome, man, or yeah, I'm sorry I, it, about it's that. It's a text or I actually phone yeah. call. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's yeah. that's basically what I do as well. It's not, I'm not a public doing it thing. For them. I'm not doing it for people to go, oh my God, he said nah. that. He's so sending up. Listen, man, this is not a public thing. This is me saying that's fucking awesome or I fucking support you or I've got your back. If you need something, phone me. Yeah, that's what I do as well. It, it, that's another one I'm really careful with, right? Like, um, I, I've been really fortunate to have one of like the raddest group of friends ever. Mm. And I'm very, very careful because I think as far as business and things go, I'm toward the low end of the totem pole. And so I'm very conscious of, to make sure that like no one can think I'm here for that reason. Mm. Like, okay. I want to be around because I think what you people are doing is incredible and I want to help as much as I can. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, that's the other one. Like you want you want to build quality relationships with people and quality friends or any of that. The answer should always be, how can I help? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. We couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting. I think uh, it's quite sad when you you speak to people. We're we're all round about the same age. Ali's a little older. Um, I'll um, take the old guy card at forty two. You're, you're, you're the old guy. <laughs> Perfect. Um, you know, it's sad when you see people who haven't grown personally. Yeah. You know, it's just like fuck, man. You're, well, scarcity you're, mindset's you're like, fucking tough, man. Yeah, people people believe people believe that there's only like X amount of success and happiness out there, and if you're doing well, somehow you're stealing from me. Yeah, yeah, and that's not how any of this works. No, no. I think you know we've said this before. That there's there's quite a lot of that in Scotland. And oh, I think I think yeah. it's still like a clan mentality where, you know, I know for a fact, and I've said this before, that the people that we know will shit on these podcasts. Without even having listened to them. Just I've never listened to an episode. Right. Yeah. Which Bottom is, hey, which is great because I take that as like, thanks, man. Now I don't have to wonder where you stand. Yeah, yeah totally. Like, Perfect. you I'll, help I'll, me out. I know, now I know I can never waste another fucking ounce of RAM or a minute on thinking about you. Yeah, mm, totally. Because I've, I've had, I've saved had, me time. Yeah, I've had friends ask me and they're like, so I think it's just you and Chris talking to your idiot mates that do jujitsu and roll about with other men. I'm like, yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to think, you know, we happen to have had Matt right. Vincent on, we've had Kelly Pavlik on, we've had Clint Emerson on, we've had three Olympians on, we've had an Olympic silver medalist, we've had, you know, and you can roll off all the, the, the cards you want to, but ultimately you just go, you know what, if that's what you think, that's, oh, I bet, I bet he's, oh, just Again, you guys talking to just, folks, nah, that's cool, man. Because, because then it makes it okay for them. Yeah. yeah. Right, because so. you're just fucking off. Nothing really cool is happening because because they don't see it. Yes. Right, it's not on TV, and it doesn't live stream to their phone, and you're not Joe Rogan. Mm. But there's a fucking step one. Yeah. No one gets to be Joe Rogan. Yeah. It's I don't want him. to be Joe Rogan. I don't no. really want to be Joe Rogan. Eh, I, I'd probably make a swap. That's pretty fucking... Yeah, it seems like, it seems yeah, like a pretty sweet existence I could ride out for a while. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if he's I top guess. on my list, but it probably guess, look a hundred million dollars and not being so famous that I can still go places seems yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, but I'm like, he's like five foot seven, so that's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> how about, how about your your secondary job 
is you commentate for the UFC. Yeah, totally. Yeah, man. Like, oh, I got to go to my side job, which is yeah, always the coolest I, yeah. job ever. I was, I was, I was being more kind of silly, of you know. Course, I, you of know, course, you know what I mean. But you know, I don't. Yeah, he's a very odd-shaped human. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Doesn't have any yeah. fucking torso. But, it looks like know, Ed Cone. What the you know. <laughs> We've spoke to we've spoke to quite a few people now who know him directly, and they've mm-hmm. all said fucking absolute sweet art of a guy, absolute sweet art of a guy. Of course he is. You know what I mean? You no don't get doing position. what he does by being an asshole. Yeah, it doesn't work. And this this is what something that I've I've said this to people before, and they look at they've looked at me like I'm fucking crazy when it's like, yeah, when you get up every morning. I mean, you could. I think you've said something along these lines. You know, you could within reason. You could be. You know, whatever you want to be, you can prep. You know, you can't. You know, I will never fucking. I will never be Michael Jordan. But you know, you, you could be within reason. Why would you want to be a fucking asshole? Why would you want to be a fucking asshole? Why would you, you know be- that I, that was some that was something that that uh, I would say ayahuasca and psychedelics changed for me. There was there's a lot of years I took a lot of pride in being a bit of an asshole. Good at it. <laughs> got it. Got it naturally. Um, but now. Like, it's one of those things, like, now, if if there's people around that I feel I need to talk to that way, it's a better move for me just to separate. Yeah. Now, I'll be an asshole pretty rough as if I'm having a rough customer service experience with a company, and then I realize the person I'm speaking to can't help me. Yeah. That, that conversation is going to get pretty brunt, pretty, pretty blunt quickly. So what you're saying yeah. is you can't help me at all. Well, that's yeah. not no, but you can't fix anything. So what is it you do? Yeah, those yeah. type of things I don't do real well. But for the most part, man, yeah, like I, thought, I just don't want to deal with people. I'm gonna to have to use that because uh, my uh, my my treadmill was broken in my gym at the minute, and uh, Reebok keep telling me that they can't fix it. I'm gonna to have to phone and say that to the guy. I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna use that exact fucking line. Right. See the problem been... I have. The problem I have in the reverse of that is I train the customer services on the other <laughs> oh, end of the phone. Sh- That's my job. <laughs> so I, have to, I have to train them to deal, and with the greatest respect, with assholes like you when they phone up. <laughs> so, you, so you guys are still both. You said uh, working, working real jobs, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, do you Chris do? runs a couple of businesses, and I'm working full time still. Yeah. What What do you do? And myself. Yeah. yeah, I work. I work for. Uh, it's nationwide. It's. Uh, a financial mutual organization that's the fourth biggest uh, bank slash financial institute in the uk world's biggest building society uh, and i train all their what are known as member facing staff so their customer contact center <laughs> and branch staff all over the country so i train them to deal nicely with members of the public and keep a smile on their face at all times do you have to have people tone down the accent i do yes it, it depends because we have we have we generally have contact centers all over the uk right that's uh, it's kind of what i figured yeah and i've had people and heard people phone up and say can you put me through to a non-scottish contact center because i can't understand you can't understand right and and i get it because we do all our training now through through basically skype and uh, i'll jump on the you know the the virtual training and for the first couple of minutes everyone just sits there like and I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring it down a level. Let me yeah. just wind that back a little bit. Let me slow it down. I'll try and speak it's a little great. bit clearer and slower. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a real fucking problem. Man, it's, accents uh... are a wild thing, right? Like, what a fucking weird evolutionary trait we we developed that... I, 
I asked my history teacher this in school about um about uh about accents and he, he couldn't he never really gave me an accent like how did they just become because people didn't yeah. no you know people didn't just arrive in Boston, right? Right. So why why did they speak why did they speak like they speak? Like what the fuck? I no, I I wonder the same, right? Even even weirder to me is is if I really start thinking about the idea of there being a time before language, and then yeah. someone someone's like, we need a way to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. Here's an A, a B, a C, yeah. and then if you yeah, mix but... these together, that equals a word. And yeah. and then if I and then if I think about you know, Asian culture. I have no fucking concept of how any of that came about. No. Yeah, it's Wild. weird, eh? And then, and then progressing Incredible. from that to, I'll make these marks on a bit of clay or a stone, and then I'll hand it to you, and you will understand what those marks mean. I'm super glad I showed up, and that was already figured out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 100%. There's no 100%. time in history I want to go back and do instead of when I've gotten to live. Like, no fucking way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. Okay, There's a couple not. places I'd like to visit, but I don't want to be stuck there. Yeah. yeah. What, so if you could go anywhere in history, where where would you go? Oh man. Um. I think the Wild West in the U.S. would be an interesting visit. Mm. Like if I could cruise around in a bubble, yeah, not a, not affected by it, I would love to. I'd love to check all that out. Um, it's just so lawless and so fucking weird that. I mean, and, and this is one of the weirdness, I think, of the U.S. And like, while, you know, with with the Scots, like you guys have this mythology of these clansmen and these warriors and William Wallace and in these other things. Ours is Billy the Kid. Yeah. Like, that's what the U.S. is. It's fucking gunfights in the street with with cowboys. And, and, and what's, so, what's what's more strange is the fact that, the, you know, there is portraits of Billy the Kid. But it's only like really weird drawings of William Wallace or Robert the Bruce. There's right. an actual fucking picture of, of Billy. Right, the Kid. because our whole country's been here for thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's such a weird thing. So there's there's some of that I would be interested to see. Um, I would have liked to have seen Egypt at its peak. That's the fucking exactly what I would it do. Egypt. We just we just don't have any fucking clue what happened there, yeah. and it happened yeah. for so long. I mean, between losing like the the library at Alexandria or anything else, like I, I mean, and not only that, like how many other times did did the winners erase history? Yeah, oh, yeah, man, yeah, totally. Because of course they would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like cool. not, think about that power, right? Like that you would take over a place and be like, they never existed. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just Wipe Something. them out of the face of history. We, just it, right. we wipe all their gone. books, we wipe all their writings, we wipe all their houses, we wipe out their genetics. That happened a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's, happened, it's happened recently, you know, when people are pulling down statues. And it was, okay, it doesn't matter if you fucking disagree with them. You should not erase history. Uh, all right. So that and growing up in the South with pulling down <laughs> statues, especially with Confederate generals and shit like okay. that, my... I, I agree with, like, if you ignore history, you're doomed to repeat it. So we should take mm -hmm. care of some shit there. Yeah. However, like, a lot of those statues got put up in the 60s right after segregation ended okay. as a bit of a fuck you. Uh, okay. To black Americans. And that's okay. why they're so easy to be torn down is because okay. they got fucking put together in, like, a weekend. Okay. So there, there's a lot of that that's shitty. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The U.S. has fucked fucked some stuff up. No, but then you know, yeah, you were you were sure you were talking about Glasgow. You were talking about Glasgow. Most of the streets in Glasgow were all built by slave owners. There's like Jamaica Street, and all the money came from the West Indian plantations and Merchant Quarter, half of the Edinburgh New Town, like St Andrew's Square and Melville Square, have got like statues on. Jesus, they must be about seventy-five foot plinths. Like yeah. columns, and then a thirty-foot statue on top, and it's all because the dude owned about three thousand slaves and just made absolute coin back in the day off the back of off the back of slavery. Eh? So because it's um because it's twenty twenty one, I'd like to say in the podcast right now that we are all absolutely against slavery. <laughs> okay, let's just get yes, that. Yes, this is a very anti-slavery podcast. <laughs> we're we're anti-slavery. Okay, we're not we're not okay with slavery. Um, but yeah, I, I sound like I'm working on like speaking of shit like that, and like I'm working on some new design, and I had posted kind of a teaser for one for for some gear, and someone was like, "Well, you know, like the pattern of this and this kind of together starts to look like a swastika," and I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was like, I, I was like, no, it doesn't, and then two, I'm not changing my plans because of morons. No, hundred percent. Right, like I'm not letting morons dictate the decisions I make. Where do you stop with that shit? Something that's the problem. That's the fucking problem. I mean, that's a straight line, and there was a straight line in a swastika. So basically, you're fucking you're 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 Hitler. Like, what the fuck off? Well, it's amazing, right? Because that's one of the things that we've gotten fucked on is like what the what free speech is. Free speech is not freedom of consequence. There's always been consequence for fucking speaking your mind. Yeah. Whether people think you an asshole or they want to punch you in the face. Yeah. It's freedom from going to jail. It's not illegal for you to say these things. Not that everyone has to like it or Mm. everyone has to say, you know, that is their opinion. They have a right to say it. Well, I have a right to tell you you're an asshole. Yeah. Mm. That's the, the, you can also disagree. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's a there's an astronomer over in in England, Brian Cox, and he said something very similar to that. Matt, he said, people say you're entitled to your opinion, and he says, no, what the actual is, you're entitled to have an opinion, and everyone is entitled to think you're an absolute idiot for expressing that opinion. Right, mm. that's like, the true you, freedom. Yeah, you're not, you don't have the freedom to not be offended. Yeah, you have the freedom to change the fucking channel. Yeah. I also, dude, I just for the life of me can't imagine that if I'm watching a thing. And I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> Why would my move be? I'm gonna tell these guys what they should change to make this better. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. people seem to like it, and yeah. so I'll waste that energy instead of just going. I'll find a thing I like. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. I definitely. I, so the, the problem, the the thing that I was having, I was having an argument with somebody just recently about the exact topic of freedom of speech. Uh, and my point was, when it comes down to, like, fucking Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey on, on Twitter, who are allowed to make the decisions, okay, like, like who, who's, 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 like, this is one, like, who's making these decisions? Like, should it well, go that, to, a, should yeah, it that, go to a committee? Like, who's, like, who, who, wait, because once you set the precedent. The watchman, who watches you know the watchman. Mean? Once yes. you set the precedent, like, fuck, what the fuck, where does it go? Well, the problem is those are private, they're private businesses. Yeah. I, yeah. I understand that. Absolutely. They're not a government, you know, they're not a government company. You're not entitled to use their product. Mm. Yeah. Fuck make whatever rules they want. 
They just so happen to make the best product that it's so fucking good. We somehow think it's bigger now than a company. Mm. What I do have problems with are censorship. Yeah. Because either everything's okay or fucking nothing is. Mm. And I, I hate, I hate the idea of censoring thoughts and I hate the idea of, of any of that, but I do get, I, I get the anonymity that people will just be shitty because it's the internet and fuck them too. But I mean, that that's a people problem, not a Facebook problem. Yeah, mm. totally. Um, yeah. It's, it's the way the tool's being used rather than the tool, isn't yes. it? Yes. The tool's not evil. Same, the same way that people who panic about all the fucking data collection, right? Like, hey, I'm glad that the ads that pop up on my shit are for things I actually care about. I'm not panicked when I'm like, that's weird. Like, no, that's better than it trying to sell me a bunch of stuff I don't need, like the TV tried to do for 20 fucking years. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not only that, like, the data's not nefarious. They're collecting data that you give them willingly to make the product better. And so they just collect all the data. When do you turn it on? What time does that person go to sleep? And so now we know that people in this age range do this. They also, people in this age range who do this other thing also do this other thing. And so it's an incredible, incredible product product they've made. Mm. Yeah. It just, they've made a thing that it's so big. We don't know what to do with it. Yeah, we, we have we don't know, and and we're in the first run. We're in the first run of one of those crazy things, and it's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are these three monsters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't ever hear much out of YouTube. Google seems to keep it <laughs> keep their shit under control as far as uh, not getting involved in any of this. But they're money makers, man, and with political campaigns and everything else, if they're if they're a space that can be bought. And people are willing to listen to false information. It gets really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing I always worry about. I've got, as a bit of background, I've got three kids, two teenage sons, about what oldest one's about to turn 18, 17 year old and an 11 year old daughter. And they've grown up on the internet. They don't recognize anything pre-internet. They don't recognize anything pre, as we would call it over here, Sky TV. Sure. T- TiVo, everything, everything that, we'll just take for granted nowadays you know they don't they don't know a world before cell phones you know they're just all over it and they don't really on the flip of that they don't know the real world you know the way we did and obviously you talked about growing up catching alligators which we didn't do over here in scotland right but less pl- alligators but, but well played <laughs> if uh, you had alligators you guys sure sure would i know that <laughs> we have, we have Loch Ness monster yeah we have that's monster. true we, one day you guys will up. find them yeah, we all grew up playing in the woods. We all grew up getting muddy and dirty. We all grew Same. up playing soccer, baseball, football, whatever it was. Which is why most of us have less allergies, for one. Correct. Because we got a lot of poop in our mouth. Yes. That's yeah. the honest that's, truth. That, that's a section fantasy for Ali, but we'll, we'll skip that. Ah, good to know. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> no, it is uh, weird, yeah. right? It is a very different world, and I don't know if the world is actually more dangerous, or have we been convinced it is? Because fear is an amazing sales tactic, yeah. And fear I, is great for control. Yeah, is there is there just 
far too much fucking noise. And there's just too much shit fucking going on here. And everybody needs to switch off sometimes. And, you know, fucking go squat or go climb a hill or go swim in a loch. And just, just unplug. Because there's far yeah. too much noise. Um, uh, where did I, we, we, uh, the Falls of Phallic. Oh, yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. We swam there. I did that. Yeah, some awesome um, swim. There's awesome an swim. awesome little uh, bed and breakfast on the way there toward uh, Inverary and uh, the like door knock or door knock in or door notch. Yeah. Um, they have a great little pub in the basement. Yeah. A okay. really killer like yeah. uh, portobello mush or goat cheese and uh, something salad. Do you have any, any, any plans to head back over anytime? Dude, I want to. Um, I keep in touch with one of my buddies over there, uh, Sinclair Patience. Um, I want to come a, over. What a great name that is. Sorry, Sinclair Patience. That's yeah, genius. Sinclair That's Patience. A great he's fucking name. good. Sinky's a good boy. Um, we did we did a clinic years ago at, at uh, one of the CrossFit gyms he was at, and um, I'd like to come over and try to do a few clinics or mm. um, just seminars at gyms or whatever else. Possibly me and uh, me and Bonnie, and then mostly it'd be just an excuse to have Scotland paid for so we could come over and fuck off. Uh, yeah. I want to cruise around like it's just been a long time and it's one of those things I talk about a lot with her but she doesn't have any frame of reference to stuff and so mm. I want to share it there's um yeah I mean fucking come on man we'll, we'll do the West Island way yeah man I'm <laughs> fucking into it yeah we'll do the West Island way man um yeah I, I mean uh you know we've got some friends with the gyms uh one of our friends has a, an incredible gym in Edinburgh so if you want to come over and do some do some seminars, man, we'll, we'll hook you up there and, and you know help out where you can if you if you ever do that. So, um, yeah, boys, stay yeah. stay in touch, please, like because I'll space on it. Yeah. So so please stay in touch because I, yeah. I I would love to do that. Anytime you need some help, man, yeah. we'll uh you know we're we're here and we'll uh we're willing to help you, willing to help you. Um, we've taken up like an hour and a half of your time, man. Yeah, no worries. When when you guys ever gonna try to come uh, sneak over here to the states? Yes. Well, yeah. if you do and come to St. Louis, uh, is that where you are? I'm in St. Louis, right in the middle of this big fucker. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, I've, um, I've, I've been I've, to America, but not really. Like Disneyland. I went to Disney in Florida. <laughs> well, you've been to more America than you think. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Uh, you got yeah. a pretty good cross section of meh. Yes. Yeah. I never saw uh, so many mobility scooters with obese men in my life. <laughs> honestly i've never yeah. seen a mobility scooter well, basically i don't know if you know this or not but america we're, we're turning into cyborgs quickly <laughs> yeah. we're just not moving very fast yet yeah <laughs> really bad engines but do you not think I, this is something i've thought recently because in scotland um i think you know everybody andy was i was saying owns the lift gym in edinburgh he was trying to keep the gyms open in COVID uh, during this time, uh, and he's he's not letting that happen. But he had posted the data up, it said sixty eight percent of Scots are overweight or obese. You think that's you gotta be beating that, right? That I would think so, but that's yeah. a huge number. But it seems like more people than ever are like fat as fuck, and then like there seems to be a, like a very like a grown group of absolute fucking savages who are doing CrossFit and ultra marathons and, and Ironmans. And so I agree. Um, this is one of those things I started thinking about and, and I haven't quite made it all the way through how I, uh, where I'm at on the concept of it, but like, so in the U S and, and I guess I'm not sure how much this 
fucked up Scotland or anywhere else, but back when things had the Occupy movement, and so we've got the 99% and the 1%, like this to me was kind of this early split mm. in the U.S., but there's a ton of people in the middle. But yeah. as things have continued to trickle down because of some other different social movement or some other thing or some other thing, we're we're losing the middle. And we're expecting everyone to be on left or right. And, yeah. and, and that's one of the ways things are. Like, my feelings about a pandemic shouldn't lead you to want to also figure out how I vote for president. Mm. But it has become that. Yeah. Um, and I think one of those things that we're going to see the split on at some point is people who have their health. And it's people yeah. who've chose to keep it. I think at some point we're going to see a split to where there's different insurance offered. There's different things offered. If you have, let's say preventable diseases. Yeah. You know, things like type two diabetes or anything else that like, if you've chosen to be this obese or you've chosen to allow yourself to get away, like it's going to be tougher, like not just tougher, like it's already tougher, but there's going to be an advantage for those of us who don't. Mm. Yeah. And that's going to be a really tricky one because there's no stimulus for that. Yeah. But I, I don't know what that answer is other than, I mean, we're going to see more able-bodied separate line perhaps at Disney World. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Where do we see that split happen? Mm -hmm. But I but do this, think that split could come. Totally. Does that all trail yeah. back to, to what we were just talking about that, you know, for the last 10, 12 years, kids and young teens haven't been doing all the stuff that we all just discussed that we did as teens. So they're not out, they're not out throwing, they're not picking up the discus or the shot putt in middle school. They're not, you know, playing rugby at nine years old. And yes, what? there are some, but the numbers are dropping massively compared right. to when we were kids. But I also think, I, I, like, I think there's a few factors ahead and not just that kids are whatever. But I think right now parents are busier. I think it's harder to keep a household together. I think it's harder yeah. to keep make enough money. And so point. you don't fucking have time for one of the parents to be available to handle sporting events for your kids. And so if your kid's not asking for it, it's I bet you're like, fuck good. I don't I don't have the time. Mm. You know, and so not just that the kids don't want to do it, but also it may just not be viable. Yeah. With with things anymore you know i mean my mom was a teacher and so was home every day by three o'clock and then was around all summer like yeah. what a huge advantage that is yeah we were the same my mom was uh she wasn't a school teacher she worked with um she still does actually she works with uh you know really badly behaved kids that go to like a, a special school essentially for really sure, badly sure. behaved kids so she, she was the same you know she was home for four o'clock and she was off for six weeks every summer so we we went to the park and went to the beach and, yeah, we and, never you know, sat still. Yeah, we did. Like, nor do I ever remember. I never remember a time that I chose to play sports. Uh, no, it yeah, was soccer was... season, so I'm doing soccer, and now it's basketball, so I'm doing basketball and baseball. Like it wasn't until almost middle school that I got to lean more into the sports I was good at. Yeah. Prior to that, I did everything. I mean, I did gymnastics through uh, a bit, and then you know, soccer, football, basketball, baseball all year and then into high school you know things became more focused and then track and field finally was the only one left by the time i got to college 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think that, you know, and this goes for absolutely anything. It's very easy to look at the problem here and forget about all the surrounding shit. We just kind of look at yeah. this thing. Well, a lot of times, like, it's easy to look at obesity and be like, yo, the fucking problem's obesity. Obesity is a side effect. And so it's, it, it gets really tricky when all we're trying to do is chase the symptom or side effect. We got to get to the cause. Mm. And when you just start figuring out how to be proactive on things, but it doesn't seem like governments currently are interested in proactive, that they sit on their heels and wait defensively, to, to make any decisions, especially regarding health, especially regarding doctors. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so that's how we all react. And then, uh, you know, how many people are, are told, I mean, doctors are treated as an authority figure. So what they say is fucking right because man, they went to more school than I did or you did. Mm. And then next thing you know, like they, they're not trained in nutrition. They're not trained in any type of alternatives or anything holistic. And so the answer is, well, we have medication to get rid of your symptoms. Yeah. yeah, they're not providing an answer of how to get out of the problem. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I was um, I'm super lucky that I've never really had any any health issues at all. Uh, I, you know, one of the only times I went to the, the local local doctor was um, I hurt my back. Uh, this is probably when I first started lifting weights when I was uh, like 22, something like that. And uh, you know, I went to the doctor and she said, uh, let, "Let me have a look at you." You know, I mean, can you touch your toes? Yeah, I can touch my toes. I mean, can you can you do this? Yep. I'll just prescribe you some painkillers and you know. Right. Uh, okay. Cool. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't really help me at all, but okay. Thanks, dickhead. No, <laughs> no. Right. And what? A, and a, a well, it's either that or like. Yeah. So you hurt your back lifting. Well, you should stop lifting. Yeah. yeah which yeah. I get the logic of. Yeah. Which also is a solution. Yeah, yeah. but not a good one. <laughs> but not a good one. No, my but, dad my dad was in the Navy talking about backs and he popped he herniated two discs lifting a, a boiler collapsed off a gasket onto one of the sailors. So my dad jacked it up with like a, a reverse deadlift and pulled it off to pull the boy out, herniated two of his discs. Oh. And this was this was ninety two, it happened. So they put him in traction in a bed for seven months. Didn't like literally on his back. Hanging off his feet for seven months because that was how you fix bad backs in the navy. Completely immobilize someone for seven months, remove the two herniated discs, fuse the spine together, and then put them in traction for seven months. And and uh, it wasn't unusual for my dad to be away for seven months because he was in the Jesus navy. Jesus Christ! But he was literally on his back with weights attached to his ankle, stretching him for seven months. That was how they fixed him. Eh? And by fixed, I mean fucked right. his back up totally. Why? Why do we <laughs> consider? Why Why do we not look back as little as 20 years and think 20 years from now, clearly we'll have no fucking clue what we were doing? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. of course, and of course in 20 years we look back and think that. I look yeah. back that. I, I look back a week ago and go, Oh, Jesus, fuck? right? <laughs> but, that's, that's another, but that's another one of those fucking things that should be obvious that we that we don't have. And especially with uh, my my current government. One of the issues I have with it is, no one says I'm wrong or I'm sorry. Yeah. And oh, that's bad. But that's that's not good leadership. No. Yeah. You can't just fucking ride it into the earth because you made a decision a long time ago. Like you got to be able to say, like, hey, I got better information. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, the, the, the other one recently, here's, here's one of those that I wonder about, like just a, a thought test of does my government lie to me and then B should they lie to me? And so I look at this like very early on with mask you know, we, we were told you don't need them. Yeah. It's fine. And, uh, cool. And then about two weeks after that, we're told you do need them. We knew that we needed them, but we needed to make sure like healthcare officials and people in nurse, you know, all, all the people that really need them get masks because there's going to be a panic and then there won't be any mask. Mm. Right. Yeah. Now I believe, I, I think that lie is the same lie I would tell. Right. Because I, I do think we told it for the right reason. But with that said, I learned that you lie to me. But the reason you lie to me is because through my history as a person, we've taught you that if you tell us this, we'll fucking panic and we'll fuck it up. Yeah. So they have to lie to us. Yeah. It's not their fault. This is us for telling them this is how you have to treat us because we're going to fuck a bunch of stuff up because we act out of fear and we panic. Yeah. Yeah. And so the who's the chicken or the egg? Who, who's, who's at fault there? So, yeah, that's, that's so true, isn't it? As you say, I don't know if it happened in the States, but we had a weird thing in Scotland, well, with the UK as a whole, when our first lockdown happened, you could not get toilet roll. Everyone we had the seemed, same panic on toilet Toilet rolls just zoomed. And, and I've heard all the, the explanations. It's because it's such a bulk item. You can only store so many in a warehouse, and then you can only fit so many on a shelf. So if you even take six off the shelf, suddenly sure. there's spaces, which drives the panic, which then makes it worse and worse. But... Yeah, it seems to be this thing that I, I, I agree. I think there are times where the government does have to lie or, or yeah. withhold information for the general public's problem. I mean, well, they here. saw us panic on toilet paper and they said, shit, we can't say anything about masks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I was I was fairly prepared to, to, to get off the toilet, step in the shower, use my hand, wipe my ass. I, I'm very curious why the two of you animals don't own bidets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know why we don't have them in Scotland. It's, like, it's uh, you can a, fucking you can choose that. It's not they they don't issue them in your country. You're allowed as an adult to fucking. No, no. What, what, happens is, what, what happens is when you get your first passport, um, you get a legal document to whether you want one, and uh, you know it's just that's that. it. And then it's just that from there. I made the wrong <laughs> I mean, decision 15 yeah, years ago, and now yeah, I'm stuck. And, yeah, yeah, I'm just dumb, and I just keep going. That's something that nobody really has. No, it's fucking crazy. Across the whole, I put one on every fucking toilet I have for the last five or six years yeah across the whole of the uk is i think it's because it's french Possibly. it's a good idea and we're like ah, oh, the fucking french what do they know we can uh, true look those soap dodging frogs got another thing <laughs> fucking <coming. Yeah>. <laughs> but having a clean asshole is a good move and, and i always here's here's my question for people argue it. is <laughs> if i were to tell you that you had a little bit of shit even yours Right at the edge of your beard. <laughs> right? Like you have shit on your face and right at the edge of your beard. Uh-huh. And you were like, oh, God, there's shit on my face. And so I gave you a dry paper towel to go ahead and handle that for the rest of the day. <laughs> no, no. You could go yeah. fucking shower. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. You'd need a full scrub down. Meanwhile, 
<laughs> at the baby was through through a shag yeah. carpet and then just wipe it up for ten. We're good to go. Absolute fucking chaos going on in your bumble. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> awful. Uh, it's a very good point. See what this is. What's funny, right? Is we're, we're so used to the status quo. That it's not until somebody breaks something down like that, then you yeah. go. Holy shit, we've been well, doing you it. You should always question the status time. quo because the majority of people are stupid. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, so I'm going to go and look, uh, I'm going to go on Amazon and see if I can find a... Squatty party makes one. <laughs> I'll see if makes I can... a little uh, attachment. To change yeah. your life. The other option is, you know those, uh, I don't know if you guys had them in the States, but Chris, remember those old rubber attachment shower hose things that used to bang onto Also works caps? just fine. Just jack one of them from the sink. And yeah, like, you can definitely just have one of those. Good to oh, go. Okay. Problem solved. I've got one it's of little, them. It's basically like one of the ones on your sink that's got like a thumb trigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know what's uh, uh, amazing, Matt? And I don't know if this happens in your podcast, but none of these fucking conversations go the way. <laughs> I was well, not prepared. Just... I was not prepared to talk to Matt Vincent about fucking wiping my asshole. <laughs> well, that's look. I was in the it's, show notes. I, you guys have done a number of these, right? Yeah. And how different is it when you have someone on who also does them? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. hugely, hugely. Right. Like it's and so for me, and, and another one for me is like I know whenever I have guests on, and the conversation's fun, and those type of things, like how I feel afterwards. Yeah. And so I try to be a fucking a guest like that too, because. Like, why not? I just want to come on here and waste your time. If I'm going to do that, I'll just say no to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. yeah I'm yeah, not going to come on like it was a fucking hassle. No one forced me to be here. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, definitely. That, that, that is a very true point. There's been many a time where me and Chris have uh, finished the podcast and then jumped into a separate call, just me and him, and just like laughed and been like, man, that was a fun hour, two hours. That yeah, was man. so much fun. That was, we weren't expecting that to be so cool. Just to give you a very early example, in one of our very first ones, when I first started sliding into American men's DMs, I got, I got in touch with a guy that I'd read a book called, uh, a guy called Robin Dreek, and he's the former head of the FBI counterintelligence program. So he used to recruit... What did you do? Just fucking DM this guy? And yeah. he's like, yep, yeah, I'll be so, on. So and he used to recruit, hey, I just start inviting people on. Yeah, Shit. He, used, he used to recruit Russian spies for the American government. That was his job, convincing Russians to spy on he Russia. He talks about all this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Holy fuck. The, so I, I, I messaged him just going, like, he's never going to read the message, number one. And number two, if he is, it's called the Silly Goose Gang, and it's two Scottish guys. There's no way he's coming on. About, and literally an hour later, he comes back. Yeah, I'd love to do it. When? And I was like, oh, shit. I need to. So I, I decided to, a long time ago that I just say yes. Yeah. So it came on, and just beforehand, me and Chris did a little bit of a chat before we invited him in, and we're like, "Man, he's the former head of the FBI. We're going to speak to an FBI agent, and he recruited spies, and it's shit. This is going to be intense." So I did him into the call, and I went, "Hi, Robin." He went, "I've been looking forward to this all day, speaking to two Scottish guys that are called the Silly Goose Gang," and we were like, "Oh, okay, this is how it's going to go," and it yeah. just. Yeah, man, super cool, super, super cool, super rad. Yeah, so and, and you and you know, um, Ali does pretty much ninety. Well, he has done ninety nine percent of the the booking and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, people have asked me, and I know they ask Ali. You just show up here and fucking drink? Is that? It's pretty much it, man. We've said we've said before, man. Ali's Ali's a brainy one. If you need something heavy, heavy lifted, man, I'll lift the heavy shit, and uh, that's it. But Ali does all the hard work. 
Um, but yeah, like it's uh, what the fuck was I going to say? This is why you don't get. We're going to say head. about people have asked us how we get. Oh, guests. people actually. Like, like, I, like, I can read his mind as well. Like, how the fuck do you get these guests on? And it's like, what, what we do right is we ask them, and they go, "What? Like, right. is that it? Yeah, that's it. Him. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't matter if they've got fucking half a million Instagram followers. Well, I mean, ask you, the question. <laughs> just try. Yeah. Yeah. What are they going to say? No. Yeah. yeah. I've had plenty where it's like, oh, fuck, they said yes. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And <laughs> now, yeah. now i got to get my shit together. Yeah. yeah. I, I sometimes badly time it because I send out about four or five DMs maybe to a few perspectives thinking, I'll get one of them, will say yes, and suddenly all four come back and go, yeah, we'd love to. And I'm like, oh, shit, I've got too many guests now. i got to book it like a month and a half out, and I feel like an <laughs> yeah. asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or we're yeah. doing three episodes back to back to back, and oh. we're just battering through them. That's Who's, wrong. Um, yeah. Who's 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 you who's been your favorite guest and who who's your dream guest? Um, the favorites are weird because the conversations vary so much, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I really really like having my my best friend uh, Dant on. I've only got to do one episode with him, but it's just him and I shooting the shit. We've known each other since middle school. Um, okay. He's he's one I like talking to because I just don't get to see a ton anymore, and whenever we do, it's great. Um, Kyle Kingsbury is okay. another one of my favorite guests. Um, mm. really, really lovely dude. Uh, I think super smart and, and a, a buddy that I'm really lucky to call a friend. Um, Kelly Starrett, uh, anytime that I'm, you know, lucky enough to get like Rob Bailey or, or Dana on is really good. Those guys are, they're fucking rock solid. Uh, Brooke Entz. Is another. Uh, man. She's, she seems like the fucking coolest girl in she the is. entire world. It, it, none of that's a work. Yeah. Okay. She, she she's honestly cool. just super fucking rad. And then um, Steffi Cohen and Hayden. Like, there's, yeah. man, I, I've just been really lucky because I honestly have the podcast to sneak building relationships with people I want to be around. Yeah. <laughs> and um, just fortunate enough to talk to a bunch of fucking maniacs. Mm. And I yeah. and I fucking just love it. I love that none of them play by the regular rules of life. Yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> sounds very familiar, man. And there's something uh, there's something once you figure out the hack that the rules don't have to apply. Yeah, yeah, they're just suggestions. Yeah, yeah. and you're like, hmm, okay. Yeah, yeah, it sounds. Uh, is there any anybody in particular that you you'd love to have on that you haven't got yet? Um, I, I've got a big list of people. Uh, I'd like to have Tim Ferriss on. Yes, mm, that'd be um, interesting. I think he's a really interesting guy. I know him a little bit, and uh, I, I really am fascinated by the way his brain works and and deciphers and and puts things together. But if I'm going like, I don't know, crazy, who would I love? I'd love to have uh, like Prince Harry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which that would, that would is work. a leap, but but for me, like I, I'm fascinated by a ton of stuff, and like I want to know what the experience is of growing up as one of the royal kids. Like, mm. I, I know what my life experience is, but of all the infinite possibilities that exist, his is a really weird one and super yeah. unique. And oh, like, yeah. dude, you were you're born into it. You didn't pick. Like, you don't even have a fucking choice. Yeah. And so, when's the last time you went somewhere by yourself? Ever? Yeah. 
Have you ever not had fucking security with you? Like, no matter what, no. you know what I mean? Like, you can't just make that decision at some point in your 20s to get up and go somewhere. You have to fucking make a big deal about it. Like, do you have a checking account? How does... Have you ever been to the fucking grocery store? Like, you've, I know you've never experienced, like, what bills do I pay this month because I'm yeah. fucking broke? But, yeah. like, there's got to be other things that are slight annoyances for you that aren't even on my radar. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, I know that a lot of those questions get tough because people think the answer is pretentious or fucking whatever because, you know, it's, well, our helicopter's acting funny, right? Like, what a <laughs> cocksucker thing to say. But yeah. at the same time, that's still, it's still a real fucking complaint. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. I'd say, so, like, I, I'd just be fascinated. Like, maybe I'm not the guy for that interview, but I would love to see a candid interview like that if they yeah. could ever give it. Yeah. I His uh, dad, Prince Charles, was my dad's captain on the Bronington in the Royal Navy. And he said just one of the points about security, he was on a boat and there was a detachment of 12 Royal Marine commandos on the boat as standard. And he still had two Royal Protection officers when they were on a boat at sea just in case. Right. So you've got you've got a Royal Navy ship with a gun, you've got twenty-eight armed sailors, you have a detachment of twelve Royal Marine commandos, all armed, plus two armed protection officers that stayed with them in shifts. Basically, one was always with them twelve right. hours a day. And even when he was asleep, there was one stationed outside of his uh, his wardroom. Like could you imagine, right? Being <laughs> no. that guy, right? Can you imagine being that guy and, and just thinking, man, I had a fucking real nasty curry last night and I need to go to the toilet and do a really noisy shit. You have I bet I bet you're so <laughs> I bet you're so immune to it. I tell you what though, I bet he has a B day. I bet Charles has a B day. <laughs> Punch Charles has a B day. He probably, he, probably has, he probably has somebody that wipes his ass. Oh, million percent. <laughs> yeah, man. but you know what I mean? They, they would have yeah, I, I just think what a what a weird existence, right? Like that you've yeah, had yeah. that treatment forever. And not only that, like, neither one seemed to be real pieces of shit, which I'm not 100% sure I could pull off. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, you yeah. haven't heard the word fucking no, yeah. ever. Yeah, I mean... Your grandmother is the queen of fucking England. Like, when people sing the song, God Save the Queen, they mean her. Yeah. The thing is... Your um, grandmother. <laughs> like, what the yeah. fuck? William, William actually seems to be... Pretty cool. He went to went to university in St Andrews, and he actually seems to be like reasonably normal, you know. Reasonably, yeah. I mean, he's still it's still going to be fucked up behind the scenes, you know. It's well, still, I, I don't know if fucked up or just like there's a lot of things you don't have a reference for. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what I mean. You know yeah. that you just you just don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, you you have. I mean, imagine trying to solve problems for people or something like that, but you don't have a frame of reference to like, oh, there's people that don't have enough for bus money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, so, I don't know. It's just, it's just such a different perspective on life. Yeah. 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 And, and as you say, you know, they the, the may seem ridiculous problems to have, but, you know, they're still fucking problems. So, Everyone's still got bullshit, man. Yeah. The problems yeah. just change a little. Like yeah. everyone I know that's doing really well and, and making it work at any level still always feels like it's going to turn off tomorrow. Mm. And I'm just treading water as fucking fast as I can. Mm. Yeah. And so like, if you're feeling that way, good. Like, that's I, 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 that's how said, it's supposed to be. <laughs> I've said to people recently, like every now and again, I'll just freak out because I'm like, what the fuck is a mortgage? 
What the fuck am I paying? Like, what the fuck? I don't. What the fuck is this fixed rate? I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, what is it? And you know, yeah. and, and you just kind of go. I, I'm. I have no idea what this means. I know I pay a bunch of shit, and I get to stay here. <laughs> yeah, it's very, know, very odd. It, and it, it it fucks me up when it's like, like either a mortgage or or you know trying to do something business wise and get funding or a lend, lend, lending for it. And it's uh. Someone I've never met who doesn't know what my business is gets to make a decision on my business going forward. Mm. Yeah. And like, I don't even get to plead my case. Yeah. It's data statistics. That's it. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, We've, Boys, I, I am running out of time. Yeah. We're two hours deep, man. <laughs> just before. No before we do wind up, we'll we just throw it out. Just if people want to find out more about you, Matt, or your company, where can we send them? And we'll tag this in our notes uh, when the, we release this as well. The Umso podcast is probably uh, the best way to get more of me doing me things. Um, Instagram is I hate Matt Vincent, and um, my brand is Hate Brand Goods. We also sell some coffee, coffee at Habit Coffee. I, w- I was having a look before we. Um... Before we came on, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and grab a a, a hat and a tasty shirt and a shit. Yeah, man, so, use uh use the uh, umso code. It'll save you ten percent, man. <laughs> awesome. And help out with whatever it fucking costs to get things through your customs. A million uh, pounds. Uh, yeah, um, it's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they'll hold yeah. it for two months. It's real fucking helpful. Maybe order a really heavy hoodie. <laughs> 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 That's okay. Um, Fuck it, kills me. Thank yeah, you very but... much for your time, man. It was a uh, fucking brilliant, really good. Thank fun. you, boys. Thanks so much, man. Episode 55 of the Silly Goose Gang with Matt Vincent. We are done and dusted. The Silly Goose Gang Podcast.